and welcome back to the Hidden Zoo, where every week we make fun of an animal that probably doesn't exist. My name's Don, and with me, as always, is Blake. Sometimes we also watch an awful movie. And then we, uh, then we make fun of that movie instead of talking about a cryptid. Because uh, we've been brutally honest before, we're running out of interesting cryptids. Only so many, so start seeing more. Yeah, come on. See some shit and a security camera that doesn't look like an upside-down walking tampon. Start seeing more 50 years ago so there's more sightings. Yeah. If, and, and it's not that hard to make one up. Just submit one you made up. We, we'll, we don't care. We'll fucking talk about it. <laughs> no one will know the difference. We, we fold people <laughs> with the Mammoth of Magic Valley in the Gen Con panel. Just, just, just make it sound okay. You think that fooled anybody? I know it fooled at least one guy. Because he thought, oh, I forget good. I forget which one he thought was fake, but it wasn't the Mammoth of Magic Valley. <laughs> so, I, I did all right on that one. So, this week, we are going to review a movie. We, uh, we gave you a bit of a preview last week. It's on Amazon Prime. It's called Rise of the Chupacabras. It's very bad. Hopefully, you it's, watched it. Actually, hopefully, it was, you didn't. It was real bad. Yeah. It was... Uh, <laughs> It was like almost worse than I expected it to be going into it, knowing it was going to be bad. Like barely a movie bad. Yeah. Like it's not like, it's not like the Bigfoot asylum film. Cause the, like the asylum has some dedication to their level of garbage quality. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you, the, I mean, you know, you worked for them. Asylum is movies are, are made by professionals. Yeah. So there's like, there's something not shitty about them. They have equipment yep. operated by professionals. Whereas I'm pretty sure what this they're one, pointing like, that equipment at is often yes. not very good. And, and Blake, he was watching the trailer and he said, this looks like it was shot on like, like a handy cam, a Sony handy cam. And then when it started, I was like, no, this was shot on like a VHS camcorder from 1987. It was just shot in 2002 for its release in 2003. So let's give you some of the, the vital statistics. It's directed and written by Jonathan Mum. Jonathan Mum is responsible for the following things you can watch on Amazon Prime. Chupacabra Territory, Blood of the Chupacabras, Rise of the Chupacabras, Bloodthirst, Legend of the Chupacabras, and Bloodthirst 2, Revenge of the Chupacabras. <laughs> Uh, minor oh, fixation. So many because I wanted to get away from Bigfoot for this one. Yeah, so and we we were gonna watch a, a Rutger Hauer, not Rutger Hauer, the other one. <laughs> Werner Herzog. Werner, I always get them confused for some reason. The Werner Herzog mockumentary about Nessie, but it looked too serious. It was getting well. It's I was thinking. Like you gotta have some really silly material to yeah. make Werner Herzog like black comedy funny. And you had to have him say ridiculous stuff, and he, it, it hadn't gotten to that point yet, like fifteen minutes in. So I thought ah, this seems too, like too straight faced. Uh, so other things that it's suggesting we watch now that I've watched this: Goat Sucker, a Chupacabra movie from twenty seventeen, Amityville Island, 
So, but there's a shark, so it's like a haunted Jaws movie. Oh man, it's an old voodoo shark, but all right. Arachnicide. Feed and I was, the I, devil. If only the asylum could get Werner Herzog. Imagine how great that Bigfoot movie would have. We did a couple weeks ago would have been. Okay, we have to watch Swamp Ape. It's from 2017. And the the poster is just obviously a dude in a cheap monkey suit. 2017 independent horror slasher about a group of college researchers who go camping deep in the Florida Everglades while entering forbidden Native American territory against being advised not to. The group encounters the swamp ape, a.k.a. the skunk ape or Bigfoot of the southern states. And the picture is uh, uh, on the page is just two hot chicks in bikinis. Score. I want some TNA with my horrible skunk ape. When was, when was this one made? This is 2016. Ooh. Oh, here's one called Frozen Sasquatch from 2018. There's so many things we could watch. But anyway, Dude, back my to this. Cut, my cutoff is like about 2005 usually. Okay. You don't want to watch anything too new. Not yeah, because the new ones, it's like after like Sharknado, I think, kind of it, it, ruined. Everybody's trying to make a bad movie on purpose. Yeah, it's yeah. like the it's it's a little too aware. Yeah. And yeah, I like I agree. the earnesty of the it's, older stuff. That's earnestness. What's, that's what's great about Mystery Science Theater three thousand is all the people who were making it thought they were making a good movie. Like and, and you're not you're you're not picking it apart because there's they put stuff in there to be picked apart. Mm-hmm. You know? So this I, this one I I God I don't know how Jonathan Mum could look at the final edit of this and be like Yup that's fucking quality I don't want people to see this because like as Blake alluded to last week the plot of this movie is hard to describe because at one point I was like okay so is this the F plot that we're up to now the G yeah. plot because it's like we ran out of letters they just start numbering them yeah it's like it's like hurricanes you know. It, why is this priest having this long conversation about lunch? Yeah, what, why is his maid angry about that? And then he just dies five minutes later? After a really long bilingual translation session? Yeah, it's like there's so much of it. I was so annoyed by that. The, the main, what I guess we could generously describe as the A-plot is a kidnapping story. But the first thing you see is a man... Yeah, yeah, for Rise of the Chupacabra, there wasn't a lot of Chupacabra-related anything. It was like a kidnapping plot and a mental hospital plot, and then a bunch of other miscellaneous minor plots, and occasionally a really bad CG Chupacabra. (laughs) I heard the... I I discovered the term um, nephew work (laughs) the other day from the, the same guys that... I was watching that Bollywood thing. It's a VFX channel on youtube and they sure you know what oh sure i'll give them a shout out corridor crew <laughs> and it's v it's vfx artists react if you want to see legitimate vfx people look at other vfx work and tell you why it's good or bad and how it's good or bad and they there was i don't remember what it was it was something old older but they called it nephew work or <laughs> it's like oh my my nephew knows how to do that he, he knows all about the computers <laughs> we'll have him too yeah he's got a computer yeah he's, he's really into that stuff he's a whiz my nephew's a, he's a he's just a he's a yeah just a whiz at computers yeah this is there this was all nephew work the acting <laughs> the cinematography the lighting and please please 
have a leveling tripod. <laughs> Every damn one of these shots was slightly crooked, and it was really upsetting. Well, and then we noticed that a bunch of shots were like in the vignette filter on Instagram, where like That's right they, there was a there's like black rounded corners. One of these maddening, maddening conversations. Yeah, which it's just it's. Oh, they so they didn't know how to shoot conversations. It you either the, had two people facing each other in profile, talking for the entire conversation with no cuts, or you had like a weird, or they would actually do like a back and forth with coverage where they're well, not really with coverage. They'd get like you're establishing profile, or you're establishing over the shoulder mm-hmm. that these two people are talking to each other, and then it would cut back and forth between them. But they like, wouldn't be lit the same. It was like the, the laziest, crooked, worst shot, reverse shot ever. Or uh, their look space was weird. It, it was mm-hmm. just terrible. Oh, and they had they had lines were all fucked up. A bunch of useless, like weird angles. Like I joked that they were Dutch angles, but that would require <laughs> them to have some sense of artistry. It's like no, we're just looking up this guy's nose for this part of this conversation for no. Or reason. we're walking down a hallway, so it's at a Dutch a Dutch angle is when it's just crooked. Yeah. And so there was also these, like, random Dutch angles where they're walking down a hallway. It's like, it's out of 45 degree. Whoa. Yeah, creepy. So I'm, I'm, really, I'm really at ill at ease because of, these, this, because of this angle. It, it, so it starts with a man. So a cop goes to a mental institution and no one's there. But then the doctor is really angry because a guy is trying to escape, so they inject. <laughs> that was that, that was, was bad. That was choice. They did some like theater sword work. Yeah, like they couldn't afford like one of the one of the prop syringes with the retractable. Those are pretty expensive. <laughs> with the retractable <laughs> needle, so they just like stuck the syringe of yellow liquid. They stuck the needle behind his arm and then yeah. like pretended to press on on the uh, plunger, but obviously no liquid came out. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, it's, dude, it's, dude, it's, don't squirt the yellow liquid on my shirt, man. Those, those are not cheap. Those tricks, of syringes, but mm. they do that all the time. Where you gotta, you gotta show the needle like push the arm. Yeah, and then the needle will just retract. It's this little spring loaded. Yeah, it's, needle it, and it, it pushes was, into there. It's like the you know like a Halloween knife. Yeah, same it was, idea. But. It was like the the way they did it was like when you're sword fighting as a kid and you catch the sword <laughs> in between your arm. <laughs> your torso Uh, oh you killed me (laughs) that's what they did and then the crazy guy was crazy because he had seen the chupacabra and no one believed him and he wrote all of his ramblings and drew the chupacabra in a in a journal made of like artificially aged recycled paper with artistically burnt edges that that upset me because i love i love prop books (laughs) And it was one of so my dumb. favorite things, that, one of my favorite props ever, ever is the Grail Diary. Yeah. And I've got a replica one that I got for birthday or Christmas. I forget which one. I think birthday. And it's awesome. It's in a like a sealed bag in my gun safe because I love that thing. <laughs> and it's such a, that's, that is a perfect book prop. The other one I love is in Lord of the Rings when they, in Moria, when they heft up the big dwarf book. Uh-huh. And it like chunks of it fall out, and it's all moldy. And, like you could smell it. Yep, Where, it's such yeah. an excellent. Those are two this, just two standout uh, ones. This one just raises the question of why is this guy like? Was he attempting to look as crazy as possible by buying this bizarre journal before he drew chupacabras in it? And that 
here's a, here's how I would have done this scene is I would have had a bunch of just odds and ends bits of paper of various size like um like prescription pad type sizes and just all kinds of different things that just office paper yeah he things, just would grab whatever paper have, was nearby things and that would have been in this building yeah and then I would have had them in like one of those um like two ring binder type folders mm-hmm. like they're keeping track of it all and so the guy could like flip through it and be like oh shit yeah that like would, they've been collecting it that to would, analyze that would how be interesting is. so so then they they uh, the orderlies take him to his bedroom so he can talk to the, the the police detective and they're trying to strap him down but he palms a a, uh, a scalpel because there was just a tray of surgical supplies in so his they, bedroom. They called it a scalpel. It looked like some kind of small wood chisel. <laughs> but like, like, they're like, "Hey, anybody know where the scalpel went?" As they look yeah, at the tray of, surgical tray of tools, surgical equipment, and Blake's like, "Why the fuck is that there? <laughs> <laughs> Why would that be in this room with the guy they have to restrain and sedate?" It's it's not a surgical suite. It's a bedroom that was obviously shot in like the same room that they turned into an office for a later scene. And then There's they then he, he stabbed it was right the next orderlies. To the switchblade, you fucking idiot! <laughs> he stabbed the orderlies and escaped out the window. And then went into a uh, a barn and got killed by a chupacabra. So oh, he after he found a key. Oh yeah, hanging on a tree. He's he's look he just he's lean, he looks up at the tree he's leaning against and there's a nail with a key on it which he takes. Mm-hmm. And then he runs over to this barn and the door is chained shut with a padlock and that's oh here's the key to the padlock was hanging from a. Tree. But you forgot. He hung it back to the tree, went over to the padlock, shook at it, and yelled and pounded on the door, and then remembered there was a key that he saw literally three seconds before. Oh, he went back and got it? Yeah. Oh. And, and so this was, like, the music, just, um, the, the flat statement about the music is that it is it would be shameful for an adventure game on the PC from 1993. Like, it is yeah. horrible midis that sound like they're playing... In, in just a C-grade point-and-click. And that's when I realized that, like, the movie kind of was that because it's just, like, pick up scalpel, stab orderly, get key, <laughs> open lock, open... Hold, have... hold X to escape. You have been eaten by a chupacabra. Would you like to restore a game? <laughs> but no. We'll try, the, we'll try the kidnapping mission. Then it, Yeah, then it takes us to the A-plot, which is a couple of kidnappers. Uh, one of them's going to shit in the woods... And and the other one just grabs a gun that he just had because everyone just has guns lying around in this movie, <laughs> like giant BB gun, yeah, handguns. And he hears a noise, so he goes to find his buddy out in the woods. And then his buddy sneaks up on the man with the gun, and he almost shoots him. But there was a chupacabra, but it didn't get him. Suspense. Yeah. And well, he didn't get him because of their their come and go Jersey accents. Yeah, yeah, Al and Al too. And then, oh, right, because we do one of those god-awful flashbackwards. Yeah, where randomly it flashes back to nine hours before. And it's well, like they, the, go, they open the trunk, and there's a lady yes. in the trunk. And it's the only time in the movie where, you, where anything is told out of sequence. And then it's this girl who's obsessed with chupacabras and other cryptids, and she's just, like, in a bikini. And unlike the, the Asylum movie... She's actually reasonably attractive. Like, they got their hottest friend to play they this chick. They got their cutest friend to be in their movie. Lori. I remember her name, Lori. And what her... she's got in her in her notebook of cryptids. Yep. She has what's very, very clearly a printed-out chupacabra drawing mm-hmm. that's scotch-taped in there. It's not like they... 
They didn't try to draw one. They just printed out or Xeroxed. And she has a 2003 GPS tracking device for, that she borrowed from the Animal Research Institute. That with, she's somehow affiliated with. Did she explain that? Nope. And her boyfriend joking, like, oh, oh, this is so funny. He straps it around her ankle. And she's like, you jerk, now I can only get that off with bolt cutters. Uh, she's got a... She's got like a Nokia cell phone. Yes. Just yeah, that's what it looks like. Her, her ankle. And so of course he makes off with the actual track like she she has the GPS thing and he's got the thing that tracks it. And so she gets kidnapped and it's not till like an hour later in the movie that she thinks to turn on the GPS mm-hmm. device around her ankle. So well, her, they flashy thinged her. She forgot. Yeah, they. Yeah, it's also a sci-fi movie because the kidnappers have what did they call it? A light surge gun. Some kind of light gun. It's it's like if you watch Future Weapons in the early two thousands, yeah, it flashed that's something you would have made it, for it your shoot, movie. It shoot, shot a laser pointer at her, and then it flashed a bright light in her eyes and knocked her out and made her dizzy and semi blind temporarily. It's, it's a spot. It's a like a pistol grip spotlight. They yeah. stuck a stock to. And and so like I made a joke about uh, that's <laughs> that's uh, f- uh, shit. The gun, the pistol. Who has the pistol? Do they hang it on the wall and you're supposed to see it and it's the same name as the guy from Star Trek? Oh, the Chekhov's gun? Yeah, Chekhov's gun, right? I was like, oh, that's Chekhov's GPS device. And I didn't think for like a second that Chekhov's light gun was going to be a thing, but that actually came back at the end of the plot, too. Mm -hmm. They're they're really setting them up to knock down later. They really are. So, yeah. That's all that guy at the beginning was, the insane guy. All he did was establish there are chupacabras, and then he let one out of a barn. And he introduced us to the insane asylum, which... I don't understand. Like there was that was tied into I'm the not plot sure somehow. How that tied in? But at, like one of the nurses just murders the doctor who has a man in an electroshock chair and is interrogating him, and then the man escapes and like runs twelve miles to the barn That's and right. then he runs. It's it, he escapes. And it's dark, and he and he ends up and in a he's cave. Running. He's in a cave. Then, he's, he's running through the cave. The next time we see him, he's every time we see him, he's still running. And it's light, and he's still running, and he's at the barn, the chupacabra barn, and he goes in, and he gets eaten by a chupacabra. He's so, like, clearly a fit man. Yes, which must be how he could do that, and also why he is so muscular and lean. None, like. So many people. It was like Suicide Squad, and in and in, in just in the sheer number of people who were introduced and then died, <laughs> and had no bearing on the plot whatsoever. He looked like a stunt guy. He did, but he actually was probably one of the better actors in it. In yeah, like I wonder if he has that. Well, I looked. Had. I looked at the IMD for this, and there were pictures of, I think, one or two people. Yeah, everyone else was just like Jonathan Mum's buddies from high school. Yeah, there was like a. a a guy in his 60s who had acted in the 70s. And like one other guy. but And then, okay, so then the cops find the murdered doctor in the cave where the nurse put him that the guy was running through. And the next, very next scene is his funeral. And somehow, somehow, the, the like at the funeral, the mom and stepdad of the kidnapped girl... Like, we have no idea who they are, and we don't know why they're at the funeral, but the, the, the media is asking them for a statement about their daughter, and it's not been established that they're, it's, it's real, it's like weird, but you put it together through context clues, and they're like, oh, we just will hope for her safe return. Uh, and I think there was almost like a G plot where, wait, no, because the, the, the detectives are dad, right? 
We that, it's her we, real dad. Yeah, yes. her real dad is a detective, and they don't do a good job establishing that until the very very end. Because you don't really feel that. Because at the yeah at the end, well, there's the there's that scene at the funeral. What was the funeral for? It was for the doc, for the psychiatric doctor. I thought. Oh right. I don't remember, but I just remember that only like two of the extras are dressed for a funeral. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a bunch of like it's a bunch of two thousand three teens and in their jinkos. There's like two dudes in like uh, like cargo shorts and Mossimo shirts. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to the funeral. These are this, these are my best puka shells, man. Yeah. Only I the best. My, my Only the best my... for the the crazy torture doctor. I got my sunglasses on the back of my head for respect. <laughs> After this, we're going to Flavor Town. And there's what there's there's a family like a mom and dad and some kids that are wearing like funeral attire. Yep, that's it. The only and ones they're gonna afford. It's just like whatever they had on that day. Like, hey, we need more people for this funeral. Yep. <laughs> Do you want to be in the movie? We'll, we'll give you five dollars in a Slim Jim. Okay. What is this? A funeral? Well, cool. I got my funeral board shorts. On. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go wakeboarding in his memory after this. They allow open toed shoes at this funeral. So yeah, so then that happens. And if it sounds like we're jumping around, it's not us. It is one hundred percent the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. You'll wonder. So. You'll wonder it. Like there are chupacabras in yeah. this yep. movie, right? Yep, because there's, there's one. Because then there's a random, as a break Blake previously explained, a really weird translated di- dialogue scene with a priest who looks like bargain basement Jeff Bridges, <laughs> and and the guy who needs to confess that he's been sacrificing his goats to the devil, and but then, not you know. Not to the devil, just kind of a devil. Yeah, well, he thinks it's the devil, but we all know, dramatic irony, it's the chupacabra. Because he's Latino, so of course he believes anything unusual is the devil. And he only speaks Spanish. Only speaks Spanish. But he understands English. Did you notice that his friend never translated what the priest said back to him? He he just translated in one direction. I I bet that they they did that and then realized that takes for fucking ever. (laughs) I would bet you anything that, that they shot it that way and were like... This is like a 15-minute scene now because we're doing the, the actual back and forth, <laughs> which, so, is why, which is why when they do those, those scenes where they do that, the guy says like one sentence, two sentences. Mm-hmm. No, this is a whole confession to a priest, and then they take the priest to see the devil, which is the barn, the barn where the crazy guy and the escaped guy were killed. And so then the chupacabra kills all three of them who were just introduced into the plot. I mean, it's, you could make that scene like a third the length. The guy comes in and he's like, he's got something to tell you. And it's, he's like, oh, El Diablo. And he's like, oh. he's like, you seen the devil? He's like, yeah, he's in my barn eating my goats. <laughs> and then the next scene is they're at the barn. No, but they spend he's five like, minutes. And they're like, in here. They, and then it's in there. They spend scene five minutes over. establishing that he needs a translator for his confession and that the Spanish speaking priest isn't going to be here till tomorrow, but he has to get this off his chest. <laughs> but it's, but I can't because of confession is supposed to be between a man and his priest and God, please, please father. Will you just, can I just translate for you? Please, can't you just wait for father, you know, whatever to come back? No, he has to say, say now we can't die with a sin on his soul. It's like there's a five minute conversation, just convincing the priest to do this wacky three man translated confession. Like, come on, yeah. keep it going. Uh, look, nobody will believe the movie if we don't have authentic Catholic catechism. 
I got a, I got chupacabras to see. Let's go. Yeah. So then the chupacabras kill him, and this is what the first time we really see the chupacabra. And it's like uh, if the music is from an adventure game from '93, a bad adventure game from '93, the chupacabra is from a bad PlayStation game from like '95, like a launch yeah. game. You know the that mus the mucinex mucus man. It looks worse than the mucus man. That's I was a- getting I was getting there. Okay. <laughs> Imagine it being gray and like a quarter as good as that. Yeah, if and, that and and just that same kind of uh, stilted animation. It look okay. It looked it reminded like, me of that thing from Tim and Eric. It looked like a, a reject from reboot. <laughs> what is reboot? That the shitty CGI Saturday morning cartoon. From the 90s? Oh, I know what it looked like. It looked like that the Transformers one. Beast Wars. Yeah, it was yeah, it was Beast Wars, but worse. It, it looked, looked like, like Beast Wars. Okay. It's all jaggedy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And shiny. Very shiny. Like a clip a clip art beast that moved. It, and it looked actually its face looked you remember the Langoliers that the with Bronson Pinchot <laughs> and how how they yeah. looked like shitty same level CG Pac Men with giant metal somebody, fangs. Somebody thought that'd be a good idea to yeah. like, let's see what this really would look like. In in nineteen ninety three <laughs> network TV budget CG. I don't there's not a way you could do that now that wouldn't look stupid. No, because it's the Langoliers, it's dumb. But it's, <laughs> hey, yeah, man. that's how they're described. As dumb? Yes. Stephen <laughs> King is like, and then we saw very dumb beasts eating the past. And someone said, that looks fucking stupid. Get back on the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> they're really scary. No, nah, they're too fucking dumb to be scary. Get on the plane. P-L-A-N-E. That spells plane. So we're uh, trying to get the hell out of Maine. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't ever get out of Maine. This is Stephen King's story, yo. So, yeah, so the, he pops up. And he's got wings, so he's like a a, a hool chupacabra. It looks like the Gonzaga bulldog with wings. It's really bad, but he's got a bunch of <laughs> giant jagged metal teeth. Oh, and it barely moves. It just kind of warps. Well, it doesn't warp. It doesn't really animate. It yeah. does move. Yeah, as in the figure changes space, changes its position in the frame, but the actual parts just kind of. It uh... is. It is very poorly animated. It's uh, nephew work. Yeah, it's terrible. So, yeah, so then we see it, and it kills the priest and the other two guys. And then we go back to the, the kidnapped girl who is in what appears to be, like, a rented cabin at, like, a state park with the two kidnappers who refer to themselves as very serious professional mercenaries. <laughs> and you totally buy it because one of them has, he has a fake Jersey accent. One of them looks like Kevin Murphy from Mystery Science Theater. <laughs> And the other one looks like he drives a Miata with the top down. They're like they're two. They're dad gangsters. Yeah, and the the, the, the one one dad has a four year old. The other dad has like a senior in high school. Yeah, and the dad with the four year old is like, yeah, we're professional soldiers of fortune. We found an ad in a magazine. Someone hired us to kidnap you. Don't worry, <laughs> you'll be home safe and sound tomorrow. That's a real thing, Dale Gribble. <laughs> you wonder, you, you suppose he had some pocket sand and he just forgot to throw pocket it at Chupacabra? This is my associate, Rusty. I am also Rusty. <laughs> Rusty Shackleford. So that, that happens. So they, they feed her instant roofies. So she passes out. That was pretty great. And I like the, they did a little like, Blah, 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 effect on it. Yeah, real dreamy as she a real dreamy, from like dreamy a first person um, from dream trails. And, and then she passed. So she was at the beach. They kidnapped her from the beach. 
in a trunk into the cabin. I'm just trying to remember, did she have clothes on when they kidnapped her? Because she was walking right off the beach. No, she went into the... That's right. She came out of the changing room. In a changing room. Okay, because she was in jeans and a shirt during the rest of this. She actually got them to just give away the entire scheme. Just They were just, like, like, happy to tell her. And she was happy to ask them about it. So then they instant roofied her. But when she woke up, uh, older older dad kidnapper was gone because he was, like, arranging the pickup of the money from her stepdad, the $2 million from her stepdad. And this, and, and we learned that her stepdad's partners in business, like, stole all of the money. Or, but, but, no, that's, the, that's what he told his wife. But, really, he gambled it away in the stock market. <laughs> that's right. The stock market. Yeah. So, so he had to get this two million, and then like there's this weird, weird scenes of him like leaving the money in places, and so then the young guy is asleep, and she wakes up, and finally remembers she has a goddamn GPS tracker on her ankle. They add a lot of weird detail where there doesn't need to be any detail. There's yeah. a whole, the whole exchange of the like that takes a while, and like, it he's got it in briefcases, and the guy calls him again, and is like, put it in a bag. And then we get a shot of the cops pulling over somebody who they were watching because they were watching the pickup site or what they thought was the pickup site. And it's just this metalhead looking motherfucker who obviously took a break from his paper route or his, his, his pizza delivery route to pick up a bag for 50 bucks. And the cops like, yeah, you don't know what's in the bag. Sure, you don't, buddy. And they take out the trash bag and pour it out. And it's shredded newspaper. He got Ocean's eleven. What a frustrating watch this was. Yeah, because it was yeah, it was a whole bunch of disconnected bits. I want to make a monster movie. I want to make a kidnapping movie. I, I want to make a stepdad relationship movie. I want to make a movie with a priest. I really like insane <laughs> asylums, creepy insane asylums with prisoner torture rooms in the basement that connect to an old mine. It's sort of a, it's like multiple vignettes. With the through line sort of being a chupacabra. Yeah, a sort of being a kidnap and a chupacabra. So so the dude is asleep. The younger kidnapper is asleep. She turns on her GPS, and then, like, he's not just asleep. He is out and snoring, leaning back in a chair with his throat fully exposed in a room a that has a kitchen. Asleep. Yeah, and she is able to steal his keys to escape from the door that is somehow locked with a key from the inside because that's how doors work. Yeah, I know. And she didn't think to, I don't know, fucking murder the guy that kidnapped her when he's that dead asleep. Just make him real dead. So then she escapes into the night. Her stepdad shows up, but she realizes that he actually hired the kidnappers. Yeah, because he knows where she's at. So he could get the $2 million from his co-workers for the ransom and keep it and, and put the dollar or put the, put the newspaper in the bag. I'm assuming that's how that happened. Which, why is there a whole like ruse if he's in on it? They're like, they're, <laughs> I couldn't figure that out that he's got a, he's got a, like there's a whole, he's got, he delivers the money to the kidnappers, yeah. but it's not money. It's just newspaper. And then one of the kidnappers has some money. Mm-hmm. But has he met up? Because he had, I don't know. Cause is that just his payment from the stepdad? I I don't know. They don't like. There doesn't need to be a reason that she's being kidnapped. Like you don't have to tie this into uh, 
uh, at one point I commented on how like the characters were all like there were these bit characters who would say things that were unnecessary and it felt like they were attempting to flesh out their characters. Like we need three dimensional characters. We can't have any anyone here who, who who isn't a fully fleshed out character. So here, tell us about your son, guy who shows up and dies. You know, <laughs> you need a rich inner life plot device, man. <laughs> and. So it, but it's just so much garbage, and they, so yeah, her her stepdad is responsible for hiring the hit, but then he just gets killed by a chupacabra anyway. So who cares? There was a cave at some point. I don't remember what they did in the cave. That's or where why they, they were in a cave. They were in the. Ca- I don't remember why the cops were in the cave, but the nurse was in the cave to hide the body of the psychiatrist. Oh right, I was right. really paying attention because I was just. Like, oh, they were looking for the. They thought she was in there for some oh, reason. Okay, yeah, okay, whatever. I missed that completely. Oh, because the the uh, old pet cemetery guy was like, sometimes kids go in here. <laughs> yeah, the guy who clearly is just like the guy who actually the guy worked who actually worked there. there. <laughs> they got like one take of all the of his best lines actor in the whole damn movie. Before he was just, just like, that's it. I'm not saying mine. any more of this bullshit. <laughs> and uh, fuck, they uh. I'm trying, just trying to keep it straight in my head. Because then they, they, she gets out and she's running, and the like. The, they go uh, to the hospital. They go to the. Why do they go to the hospital? Don't, oh, I don't remember. The chupacabras chase them around, and 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 the kidnappers catch up to her. But then the chupacabra chases them back to the the cabin, and breaks in, and kills oh, the younger. She determines kidnapper. the light part. Yes. Because it's afraid of light, because like a, gir- like a gremlin, because it, it 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 only sees it needs to see at night, and so it's afraid of the light or something. It's something she dropped early on when she was sitting on the beach about how chupacabras have daredevil senses, but not very good sight because their eyes are too light sensitive. I don't fucking remember. And then her boyfriend shows up, and they run off to the hospital, which is apparently nearby both the cabin and the chupacabra barn and the forest. It's, yes, it's it's adjacent. Yeah, they're all in the same vicinity, and they go they go into the hospital and they run down the basement, and the chupacabra pops in, and it runs down the stairs, and in the basement of the hospital is a box of the light blast guns. Ta da! Yeah, a whole crate full of them. So then they blast the chupacabra in the eye with the flashy things. And then her dad, the detective, shows up, and she's like, the chupacabras are real. And he, like, literally stepped over it to get into the room, but he's like, what are you talking about? And then she says, look. And he's like, oh. And then it melts. It melts into the... The crazy the, man. The crazy man. From the, the very beginning. beginning. And and then... So you, are we to believe that they're, like, what, that it's a werewolf situation? Right? Well, that's 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 the cliffhanger, because the last line of the movie, it, like, they hear some ruckus going on upstairs, and she says, what's that? And her... And her uh, her dad, the cop, is like, well, uh, if, wait a minute. If that's Grandpa Hoosier visits, you know, the crazy guy, what that means that this is something, either something really good is happening or we're in real trouble. And then credits. With, like, the implication that everybody who got killed by a chupacabra is now a chupacabra, I guess. I guess. But they have, they have a whole crate of its only weakness. Sci-fi yeah. light guns. Sci-fi light guns. Yeah. So as as much time as they spent establishing the uh, the world of that priest who dies five minutes later, they spend zero time on like chupacabra rules. Yep. And we also for for all the time they spent on that scene and the crazy guy 
and all like all this garbage and like the nurse who murders the the doctor for no apparent reason i guess to help the other guy escape we don't know anything about lori except that she likes cryptozoology and she looks good in a bikini they established that straight off, yes. Yeah, that's that's so those are her two defining characteristics. Yeah. And then she gets kidnapped and she's mostly, <laughs> And she has parents. Yes, yeah, she does have parents. And she's mostly a damsel in distress. And her boyfriend could not hear the loud beeping from three feet away of the like there was trying to create suspense of the GPS thing is going off and off and off and he's just watching TV. He doesn't notice it. If you if you didn't watch it, you don't have to. Yeah. It, it, or if you want to just find, scrub through it, find find the, the beast itself, mm-hmm. wonder at its horribleness. Yep. And, and maybe uh, check out, watch like a scene. Yeah. Find a conversation to watch one of these mental conversation scenes where it's... Like they... I, like the, I think the tripod directed that part. <laughs> Very early on, I said, they move the camera less than clerks. <laughs> Which is so we goofed on clerks for a minute. Yeah, and like that, I I like clerks, and, and they're if only if only these characters had had delivered all of the story through monologue. Right. If only there was anything redeeming at all about this film. I wanted. If only that kid had grabbed that chupacabra at the end and shook him and said, "How many people did you suck? <laughs> How many goats did you suck? Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven goats." <laughs> there we go now we have to do a chupacabra movie just for that line yeah chupacabra working in a convenience store 90 minutes of garbage just so that someone can shake how a chupacabra many, how many and ask goats how many goats did it suck and that's at once <laughs> in a row yeah in a row try not to suck any dick on your way through the parking lot Ah. <sighs> Man. I, we could probably get Jay Muse. Oh, yeah. I bet we could. <laughs> Just call him up and be like, yo, yo, yo. Can you play Jay in our movie that's Clerks but with a Chupacabra? He'd go, just go Noich. Noich. So we could probably get Kevin Smith. <laughs> you know. Like, hey, hey, <laughs> Jay. doesn't seem that far-fetched. Hey, hey, Jay. You, uh, you, you did, uh, you, you did a, a set at, uh, at the comedy club in Indianapolis, and I bought the VIP tickets. And so, you know, I came up and shook your hand, and we got a picture. Here's the selfie. Remember me? Yeah, you want to be in our Chupacabra Clerks movie? Can you call up Kev? Can Kev be in our Chupacabra Clerks movie? Hey, remember, remember, remember when you were in that episode of Z Nation, and you were in a biscuit factory? <laughs> yeah, I dressed, I dressed that biscuit factory. Hey, remember remember where you were in, when you were in the ICP Western movie when the Insane Clown Posse made a Western? You were in it. <laughs> this is guaranteed to be better than that. Uh. Big Money Rustlers, the sequel to Big Money Hustlers. Hustlers. I might need to see that. Yeah, Jay is Jay is in it, and it's uh, ICP as Old Westy Cowboys. He's in Bobby Moynihan's Manatee Show. The fuck. Bobby Moynihan is that, is that the greatest sentence you've ever heard? Bobby Moynihan has a manatee show. He sure does, and it's all for free on YouTube. Wow! Called Lofi. <sighs> he did. Uh, they had a, some. Somebody did a, a series of, of videos where they asked comedians, like, "What's the bit you never got to do?" And <laughs> Bobby Moynihan was like, well, "I had this idea about a, a weed dealing manatee." <laughs> He lives at the zoo, and then after 
the zoo closes, he sells weed and he has like he has a son and he's got a girlfriend who everyone else thinks is using him for the weed, but he doesn't see that. <laughs> he had like a whole a whole pitch for this manatee show. This is, he's like, and then I got SNL, and then I never got around to it. He pitched it to Lauren, and Lauren was like, "What do you think this is? Kids in the hall." <laughs> so he says, "So if I, if if anyone from from any of my jobs has ever noticed me just kind of drifting off, looking into the distance, I'm thinking about Lofi." <laughs> <laughs> and so now he's doing Lofi the manatee, you and know, Jay, and Jay is a stoner giraffe called Neck. We uh, we could absolutely get, like, most of the cast of Clerks. Because most of them never worked again. I don't think we could get Jeff Anderson. Because he doesn't really like to act anymore. But we could get Brian O'Halloran. What the yeah, fuck is he doing? Probably. We could get Jay. We get Brian O'Halloran. We could get... Uh, well, I'd say we get Walt Flanagan, but fuck, fuck him. So, like, Clerks... The Clerks roster isn't really high up on my, my want list. Yeah, but... If it's going to be the Clerk of Cabras. Just because we can. Does it mean, <laughs> mean we, we should? To? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> All right. I, I don't know what else to say about this movie. Like, just, it's... That's barely a movie. We, we Like, I hope you caught how exasperated we were just trying to explain what happened. Like, I'm fine with, like, it looking like shit. That's outside of your control sometimes. You don't have the gear. You don't have the money. That's fine. Just make a story that makes some damn sense. Yeah. And, and like, so this, here's the irony. The whole point of Chekhov's gun was Chekhov was giving, it, it was an example of how to write a tight script for a stage play, right? Don't put in something prominent in act one if you're not going to use it by act three. Cut, cut, cut. Make it as tight as possible. And this is a movie that follows that rule by setting things up to be used later on. But then absolutely, completely of doesn't, doesn't use, doesn't follow that rule at all for, like, for 90% of what happens. Like, 10% of it is stuff that is put in specifically to use later, and the rest of it is meaningless. It's, do, does anyone need to know this? No. Does, does, this, does this help? And yeah. Most of this movie is, this does not help. No, this doesn't. You think this is moving the plot forward, or but it's not. Like, you think it's, this is showing I mean, us something. That priest yeah. stuff is the worst example. Yeah, if you just yeah. watch that part of the film, and just as the example of we have a long conversation about this lady working there making food mm-hmm. has nothing to do with anything. Yep, we got to set up the rich inner life of the priest and his maid. There's a long translated nonsense explanation, and uh, then he dies. Uh, yep, bad, bad. I mean, I, if it was a tight interesting story then the the shitty effects would just be fun yeah but it's not it's it is it's bad cheesy effects and poorly put together tight and it's tightened up yep but if it tightened up it would be like 30 minutes long exactly yeah that's the problem is it become a short yeah there just wasn't much going on which if you don't have any money and you don't have the knowledge make a short yeah no one see how it turns out no one make another short Eventually, you'll get good at shorts. And then you'll wear those shorts to a funeral with yeah, your, with your Massimo shirts. To a funeral with your... <laughs> with your Stussy with your, gear. Your Stussy. Was, there was one more. I'm trying to think. Like, not Pac, son. <laughs> Quicksilver. I remember we, we've had this conversation before. We were trying to name all the brands. Quicksilver is one of them. With the Quicksilver. Wave. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yep. Quicksilver. 
Massimo. The 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 brands that only existed to advertise themselves on shirts. Like if you wore if you had frosted tips, yeah, and owned and owned some of that fluorescent urban camo. Mm-hmm. I remember being in sixth grade and or yeah, sixth grade, and some of my friends were wearing Stussy, and I was like, what the, what what's Stussy? What is it? Is it a show or something? And they're like, no, no, it's just the brand that makes the shirts. And I'm like, why would you buy a shirt? That has nothing but the and I, you know, I'm like brand. twelve, twelve, at quite, and they're like, dude, just it's just cool, it's juicy, like, but that's so. Get a Batman shirt. What the fuck's wrong with you? I don't understand it. I didn't then. And I don't now. All right, I'm gonna call it. We got a video chat to jump into with a couple of friends. That's true. It is. We're we're actually maybe. So uh, maybe so, don't watch this. Yeah, maybe you watch yeah. it. I, I don't care what you do. Maybe when we watch the uh, Swamp Eight, maybe we'll be able to recommend that one. Just have Dan Harmon's story circle in front of you when you watch <laughs> Rise of the Chupacabras and try to fill it in. No, 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 no. You got You got to have the hero's journey for this one. <laughs> this is some Joseph Campbell level shit. This movie. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Um, anything? Anything? Last words, nope. final thoughts, any... Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to play us out to a song called Road Trip by Scott Holmes from Royalty Free Music's website thing. Here we go. Oh, sorry, a little too loud. There we go. Sounds like an anime end. A little bit. All right, everybody. Thank you again for listening. And uh, if you watch this movie, honestly, God, if you watched this movie, please tell us about it. Tweet uh, tweet us at uh, at the Hidden Zoo. Email us hiddenzoo69 at gmail.com. Post on our Facebook page. I am just desperately curious what other human beings thought of this complete piece of shit. Please, please tell us what you think of Rise of the Chupacabras. Uh, and uh, we'll be back next week or maybe the week after with something. Bye. <laughs>